Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me this week is my reverse flash. <laughs> the dark side to my, what is it, Thanos. <laughs> the death stroke to my Deadpool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you guys can get the references, just tell them your name. Delvin Williams. There you go. So for those who don't know, there's another Delvin in this world. And I don't know what you do to make this even more funnier. I just, this is hilarious. Like, and what I was thinking of when I was just taking a shower is this is what happens when bad meets evil. <laughs> Definitely. For those who don't know, Delvin is also a podcaster. Yeah. Um just got into how long well, how long have you done podcasting, Delvin? Now it'll be two years. Okay. Let me tell you, I never, ever, 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 ever thought I'd get into podcasting. Heard about podcasting, it's been around for years. And like my thought is, I don't know. I don't want like if I listen to podcasts, the place that I listen to them will be on the road. And if I'm hearing someone else talk on the road and it's not music and I'm not active and engaged, I feel like I drive off the road. <laughs> and like one of my best friends in the entire planet, uh, Jared Albrick, uh, he calls himself the RSL artist, among other things. Uh, he called me and he asked me, uh, what would I be on a podcast? And we're talking about comic books and stuff called the long box crusade. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll do it for you, Jared. Why not? I mean, it's talking comic books. You're on it. I know you. And it's him and it is his brother, Jason. And the guy who runs the whole thing is a guy named Pat, uh, who I've never met in person, but we've talked hours and hours now um, online. And 
it started from there at one. And then next thing I know, it's just kind of become, you know, a thing. I'm a part of the team now. So what are the odds of someone having the same name as you and not only having the same name as you, but being into the same stuff that you're into? I think it's hilarious. I think it is hilarious because most people I know have never met a Delvin. Anytime I know you've gone through the same thing. Anytime that you have to tell your name on the phone, and he, like so, Cox is a pretty common last name. So you're probably like Delvin, and they're like, "Um, I'm sorry, how do you spell that?" <laughs> yes, D E L V I N Cox. Oh, okay, C O X, and it's the same thing with Williams. Like Williams, like that Delvin struggle <laughs> all, all, all the time. No one's ever met a Delvin before. That is very true, and it's it's crazy to to have these these connecting threads where we both have the same name, we both like comic books and stuff like that. We're both into this geek culture thing, and we're both podcasting. Yeah, man, I love it. This is and Twitter Twitter is a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, it could be a bunch of craziness and ugliness sometimes, but I can't even remember how I saw your name, but I saw it like as soon as, of course, you know, Delvin's a name that strikes out to it. Delvin and I told you, wait, Delvin Cox, what? And I clicked and I saw, you know, like 8,000 followers. Like, man, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here struggling. I got like 500 followers, maybe three of them are telemarketers, you know. And I was like, you know, I just, and I didn't even know you were going to respond. That's the funny thing. Cause a lot of times people with that many followers like have their settings so that they don't even get like people who aren't followers of them. And so when you reply back, that that just was icing on the cake, man. That's yeah. a trip. I literally try to reply back to everybody who talks to me because that's how I kind of got the eight thousand followers by talking back to people on Twitter and stuff. And yeah, you'll be surprised who answers you back when you talk back to them. Sometimes. Well, I see. Probably the best one I've gotten was uh, Mike Coulter, Luke Cage. Oh, that's cool, man. He followed me like on Twitter. I'm like, ah! that's awesome. <laughs> Do I have? I have some cool followers. I have um, I got a lot of them. I can't even think. I got Scott Snyder. Nice. I have um, I sound like a jackass. <laughs> Just regular people who are following me. Well, no, you. Hey, well, I mean, you know, you know, Scott Snyder is about to do Justice League, right? Yeah, I know. <sighs> I, I was getting, I was getting bored with it because right now, like, even like, I think Chris Priest, you know who course had the long black panther on he's like doing like a fill-in right now and i'm like okay yeah it's okay it's not bad but then when i saw snyder was coming because i i I have snyder's entire batman run and i think some of his detective comics run too man he killed that he did a great job on that so yeah that'd be great i'd I'd be stoked if he followed me yeah he's he's a cool dude to have following you to say the least and um since you mentioned it I also have followed me who I've also had on the podcast. You ever heard of Rodney Barnes? Uh, no, I haven't. He writes Falcon now. Oh, okay. He, he writes Falcon now. But before that, you may know him for, he was one of the writers on the Boondocks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And he, he, write, he wrote on Marvel's Runaways. Okay. Now, I didn't read Runaways. I knew about it, but I didn't read no, Runaways. The TV show. That's recent. That just came out. Oh, he's writing a TV show. Yeah, the one that just came out recently on uh, Hulu. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like I think I saw like the first episode. Like my wife, she's the one that pulls me into everything. I, I'm the weirdest person. Like all this content, like comic book content, comes on TV, and everyone's like, "Oh, Devin, you gotta watch." It. I'm like, "Yeah, 
like I'm the same way with Flash. Like I watch some of Flash, but like I watch it mainly because my wife, like who is as big of a comic book nerd as I am, um, mostly movies more than the comic books themselves. But she got into Flash and she watches Flash every week. And we start watching Black Lightning and stuff. But I have to check out Black Lightning Runaways now. Yeah, I love Black Lightning. My wife is the complete opposite of me <laughs> to, to the extreme degree. She doesn't like none of this stuff. Uh, she's starting to get it. Like, I have like a whole bunch of collectible statues and things like that. Yeah. And at first, she was like, What is all this crap? <laughs> like, all these, all these long boxes of comic books and stuff like that. But then when I told her, I kind of brought it to her, like, Hey, if something ever happens to me, this all goes to your son. He could probably get a pretty pretty for this. Yeah. Now she's kind of into the whole. Well, let's get this. Let's get this statue. How much you think this one's going to be worth one day? So it's kind of cool. Man, to have that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Like my wife has been super supportive. Like it, it's just a part of you know when you when you meet somebody and you meet her and she finally comes over to the house. It's like yeah, you know, walking around the house. These are my comic books. It's not like I hid them in the closet. It's too many to hide in the closet anyway. So, you know, like, no, no, oh, cool, because it's just part of who I am. And when, of course, we got serious and started, you know, she's going to move in and get married, all that. Like, I have friends that are like, oh, she's going to make you give away your comic books, man. I'm like, no, no, she's not. Why would she? Like, that's like giving away a part of, like, who and what I am. Like, why, why would someone make you change, like, who you are once they marry you? That doesn't make sense to me. You'll be surprised. It actually happens. But That's yeah. true. Like I, I can I can say I'm stubborn if it wouldn't have wildness. What are you giving up? If I'm giving up some, you're giving up some. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. But yeah, man, are you in the video gaming? Not as much. I used to be, and then I just I just tailed off. Like I have an Xbox One. Don't play it. Like it's it's well, my you know, it's for Netflix and, and Hulu. I, are you a big gamer? Yeah, kind of yeah, I'm pretty Thinking game. I played PS4. I got an Xbox One. I got the Switch. Yeah, yeah. I, I love playing video games, but I can see how people can kind of fall off in terms of like, what is expensive? Yeah, gaming is expensive. It's gotten expensive. Like it's like the system's now like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Then when you add on the sixty dollar per game each, it's an expensive habit. And sometimes. You run into situations where it's like the games are not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And so you just drop $60 for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that comic books have, I, I think they understand that the market's getting older, but they're doing everything they can to try and make the market still young so that maybe a teenager is going to pick it up. They're going to fail at that. Unless they put them back in like the stores and places where like an average teenager might go to. If you just put them in specialty shops, you're going to have a problem. But it almost seems like video games have gone the opposite way because they're like, you know what? They're 35 year olds sitting at home <laughs> eating, yeah. eating Cheetos, you know, smoking, not smoking, whatever. And they're, they're still playing video games. And like the only time that I really game is if I go home uh, with my brothers, we'll play whatever Madden, Madden insert year here. You know, we'll play that. And we we were playing college football until they stopped it. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But like those games are pretty much easy to pick up. 
I think what what started losing me on it was how do you how do you Delvin? Thirty seven. Okay, I'm forty. Okay, so we are close to the same age. Yep, same age or close to it. And so, um, growing up, the brilliant thing about Nintendo and even Super Nintendo to an extent, but Nintendo. 8-bit graphics, graphics were super simple, but like you can pick any game and you didn't have to read any instructions. You had A, B, select, start, directional pad. You could figure it out and the games were fun and you could play them for hours on end. Games now, before you even get started, it's like, let me pick this telephone book up. (laughs) That is kind of true. And and let me go through, you know, reading 30. I don't feel like doing that crap. And it's not even I'm too old for it. It's like, I just don't freaking feel like doing it. And and that that's what kind of turned me off on it. I mean, I do appreciate it because the time and effort and like if you ever beat a game, because I'm a role playing guy, I like Final Fantasy. And the last Final Fantasy game I beat, which was probably like 13. Like, how long are the credits? Oh, my God. <laughs> the credits. Probably one of the worst Final Fantasy games. I've I've beaten I've beaten everyone from seven to thirteen. I thought thirteen was okay. I bought fifteen and it's sitting there. I'm, I I haven't played it. I played it for one day and I haven't played it. It's completely different. Is it good? It's completely. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, but it's different from your average role playing game. It's more like a like an action game. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, they they made I saw that they made it in like the fighting that was kind of more interactive and dynamic. Yeah. And I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of just want to press the magic button and you know have them do the magic thing. I don't want to, you know, point and possibly miss because I'm terrible at shooters. I played Halo back in the day. Oh, oh god. <laughs> oh terrible awful and just i mean i i would if you do anything long enough you're going to get better at it if i can if i play halo every day i would play just enough to be average just just enough to get you know my ass kicked by some 13 year old (laughs) calling me names on the other side you know of the planet so yeah that that's my whole thing with, with the gaming like um Shoot. It might, it might, maybe the right one would get me back. You know, I, I was going to mention that to you. If you had a PS4, I was going to recommend Persona 5. Is that a role playing game? Yes. And it's really good. Mm. And it has more of that old school RPG role playing feel to it. Yeah. And the graphic is a beautiful looking game. It looks like a cartoon. Wow. The reason I got a PlayStation 1. When I was back in college, the whole reason, Final Fantasy VII. That was it. Awesome game. I don't even know how I got the money. I was in, <laughs> I was in college. <laughs> I didn't have any money. Somehow, I got the money, and I bought that, and I played the hell out of some Final Fantasy VII. Love that game. And then they kept saying, they keep saying they're going to bring it back, like the whole story. But then that, like, falters off, and they're like, well, two more years, and like, eh. I mean, it, don't don't get me wrong. If it came out, I'd play it. I would definitely play it. But man, it, even the unfinished product, it was badass. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some games that you can play that you would, you'll probably like. Um, it's a game called. I think it's called Lost Spear. Okay. 
it's kind of like a Final Fantasy type game that they make it now. That's it's cheaper. It's like thirty bucks, I think it is. But it has that Final Fantasy feel to it. Really? Yeah. Like the old school RPG type feel. They got they making games like that now, but they're kind of hard to find. So it seems like you're probably like more of those old school like type RPGs. I think you're right. Like the first game that I bought for myself on Nintendo was Dragon Warrior. Do you remember that game? Yes, I do. I that put cool. I put that game on layaway, man. And my mom would take me to go to crap. Was it? I want to say it was like Zaire, which is like a out of. We yeah, had Zaire's down. Yeah, if you, are you from Florida? Yeah, I'm from Florida. We had Zaire's down. Okay, yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn it was a Zaire. And I would go and, oh no, it was Kmart. And I would go and pay down on that thing, you know, my little four or $5, whatever. And I got that game. I was so happy. And like me and my cousin, we sat there, we played that game forever. I never did find, um, uh, Erdrick's sword. Never found it. Beat the game without it. That's cool. <laughs> it was such a cool system because it was so much it was very simple to play. Yeah. But it was so many little complex things in the game like I don't know if you ever, you ever played the first Legend of Zelda game? Mm-hmm. You remember the Lost Woods? Yeah. How complex it was to get through that little stage where you have to keep going through these little panels and it was just the same thing you have to know a certain way to get through it yeah yeah it was just simple things like that that made the game special like pushing a rock and finding something like a hole on it that you could go into they i mean they were on top of it in some ways in some ways video games were at their best then and it is because I mean, yeah, the gra- the graphics were good enough that you saw what was going on, but it was just the the playability of it. Anybody could pick that game up and get it instantly. Like it's not that hard, you know. You freaking, you know, Zelda. You know, like Link had a wooden sword. <laughs> you know, like, okay, that sword sucked. It takes sixteen blows to you know kill this one thing. All right, let's try and get this other sword. It was a it was kind of an action game, but it was uh, role playing all at once, and they yeah. Who knows? One day I might get back into it. I'll never say never. I have a man cave that is like half full of, you know, I have like comic book tombs that I don't haven't put my comic books in, long boxes, stuff sitting there. If I ever put that room together, I'm going to have a TV and I'll probably put a gaming system in there and never leave the room. That's 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 probably why I'm put it together. I'm afraid I won't leave the room. I'll just read comic books and play games all day. So what um, comic books are you reading right now? Your main ones? Um, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, Amazing Spider-Man will never like if I stop collecting that, I'm done collecting comics. That's that's my first. Um, Justice League, Batman, uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and Green Lanterns. I could probably drop Green Lanterns, but I won't. Um, let's see, Black Panther, The Avengers. What else am I forgetting? I was uh, collect or uh, collecting defenders, but Bendis dropped it, um, and they ended the series. Yeah, but I'm probably gonna start collecting Superman now because um, Bendis is writing it. I'm a fan of Bendis's. Um, I-, I was collecting Cap reason um, after the whole um, 
Secret Empire, they dropped me from it. Because uh, when it was Sam Wilson, well, it was Steve Rogers cap, then it became Sam Wilson cap, of course. I like Sam um, Wilson cap a lot. Man, people gave Nick Spencer crap, and I didn't get it. Because he had his finger on the pulse of that storyline. That was that was some real storytelling. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the fact that um, the guy I just mentioned earlier, who's writing Falcon, mm-hmm. Rodney Barnes, um, he took the character to a different place. So it's a cool story that's, while it's connected to the Cap story before, and his Falcon kind of adjusted back, something wild crazy happens into it. It kind of like changes the whole dynamic of it. Man, you're going to have me collecting Falcon now. Falcon's good. It it, it doesn't take much to convince me to try a new title, especially Falcon, because, you know, it's important. It's so important to have characters like Sam Wilson, where, I mean, just like his whole origin and how he came about and how he's an activist, so relevant to today. Yeah. And so, yeah, his, his comic book is one I should be reading. I know that, you know, he went back to being Falcon and God, I just back to Spencer. It was just it was just seeing the struggles that Sam Wilson went through as Captain America. That seemed just very real, like not like the hashtag, not my Captain America. Like, oh, yeah, the persecution he got for being Captain, the fact that um he was actually bumping heads with Cap. Yes. Like, you're like, huh. I didn't think he was going to be this kind of Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, some of it was influenced by, you know, Steve Rogers, you know, being the Hydra Steve, but still, yeah. You know, that was his companion, his friend. And his friend, yeah, you like, I gave it a shill, but you're kind of messing up. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not messing up. I'm just not doing it like you want me to do it. Yeah. I'm looking out for everybody. Yeah. 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 I'm looking out for my people. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about Tanahishi Coates? He's going to be writing Cap. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's I added Cap back to my list because like he it dropped. And I'm like, well, I don't know why, but fine. Okay. If my comic book sort of want me to get it, but I won't. But I, I read that he was going to be writing. I, I hope he doesn't drop Black Panther. I don't think he is. I don't think Black Panther. I, I hope he doesn't. I mean that that's that's his baby. I would think. You know that, that got him on the map of that book is writing. Big now. That book is so big. I tell you what, man. I I I wasn't crazy about it at first, but what I did was I let it gather a few issues, and I read about seven or eight, and probably by the time I got, it's like maybe I stopped reading it monthly about issue three and let it gather all the way to 12 and i let that storyline build up it was fantastic it was it was a slow burn and i like that like everyone's writing doesn't have to be boom pow zowie and all that you know he was telling a story and he goes into things that no one's ever gone into with, with black panther of you know having the whole the tribes and the mythology the mythos of of wakanda itself and the names of cities within wakanda like holy crap like who thinks about this stuff so much detail yes 
like there's a language like there. I, of course, I'm going to forget the name that they call Black Panther that they call T'Challa. They call him something in Wakandan. And it's like, like, did he invent that language? Did Ta-Nehisi Coates invent that? Who helped him do that? That's crazy. Yes. It's, it's it's crazy to think about it, how big that book has become, but people always ask me to recommend comics for them, and I always recommend that book with the caveat. I'm like, look, it's a great book, but it's a slow burn. It's a lot of political, political intrigue in the book. Yeah. So you got to wait it out and read it. Now, if you want to read a Black Panther book where Black Panther just going out there punching bank robbers in the face, then I kind of recommend um, it's one book called Black Panther, um, Sound of the Fury. You ever heard of that one? Mm-hmm. I haven't. It's, it's a Black Panther comic book, but it's literally Black Panther just fighting crime in the streets of New York, essentially. Okay. It's not much of a story. It's more of, you want to see Black Panther punch people in the face? This is the book to read. Now, there was a time where they gave Black Panther Daredevil's book. Do you remember that? I remember that a little bit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was that was definitely a different take, you know, where Daredevil stepped aside and was like, well, you know, Black Panther, can you take my place? Yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Why the heck not? Yeah. Um, but it's between that and the movie. I listened to your podcast um, about the movie. Um, you're in, uh, in Erica. Was her name Erica? Yes. She, she reminded me of episode. <laughs> she reminded me a lot of my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law, every time I see her, uh, she is enthusiastic about comic book movies. And she, she reminded me of Erica because Erica had a, and not just a, Oh, I love comic book movies, even though she did. She loves all comic book movies, good or bad. But um, just like she had a multifaceted passion for Black Panther. And I'm like, that's cool. It's cool. It's always cool to see a a woman get into it as much as you see guys dork out about it. I like seeing women have that passion about it, too, because it's not just for guys. Any guy who thinks that they're crazy. Uh, it's it's for everybody, and so it's cool to see women get into it as well. Yeah, she's definitely cool with it because she like she sends me messages and stuff about comic book stuff, and she's highly into it to say the least. Yeah, that movie was was and is. It's always good when you know at our age, you know we've seen a decent amount, you know, and. If you can sit in front of a screen and watch and just stop for a second and go, wow. And one of there were and there were several moments in the movie that did it for me. There was when he they were about to descend into Wakanda and the child was like, you know, this is my favorite part. And it shows the city scape. And it's like, oh wow. Like this metropolis but still very much tribal and not forgetting its roots and just again i just i wonder who the heck like whoever came up with that set design that was beautiful or when he saw his father um and they were in the um and where the forefathers were astral plane the astral plane and he saw his dad and he dropped to his knees and his dad says stand up you are king. Like, oh, oh, man. 
Like there, there were just so many moments in that movie that just, it's almost like, I remember when Spider-Man came out, whenever that did, 02, 03. I remember sitting there and being just amazed that they actually treated a comic book movie seriously. Like they they gave it actual actors, they gave it an actual storyline, they gave it a real treatment and it was seen as legit. And Black Panther was like that, but just for an entire different genre, you can have, you had casual black people wanting to come and see this movie because everybody saw how important it was and it was actually given the proper treatment. And now it's already over a billion, a freaking billion dollars. Like it was it was amazing when the like the first Avengers movie went to a billion. Freaking Black Panther, a billion dollars, man. Just it's incredible. It's incredible because it shows the power of the black dollar for one thing, which is awesome. Yeah. And it just shows you that um Honestly speaking, you have to put Black Panther at that table now. If they don't, this speaks to so many other things. Let's 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 keep it the movies for now. You're 100 percent correct. The black dollar is important. And you would think, I mean, if, if Hollywood has any sense, they are you know, talking to the Avas and, you know, Spike Lee's and F. Gary Gray's and all, and like, who are we missing? We're like, we're tired of giving scripts to people who don't care about them and they come out with lackluster movies that aren't making, who are we missing? What stories do they I mean, last year, um, I think, wasn't it last year that Girls Trip came out? when that 17? Yeah, that was last year. That did very well too. I didn't see Girls Trip. My wife did, her sisters did. And it was a legitimate movie because it was for black women and you know in different walks of life. And they had a you know, they they hadn't seen each other in forever. And they hung out. Was it New Orleans, I think? Something like that, yeah. And and they and they partied. And that was like, but it wasn't like a stereotypical anything it was an american story and 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 it's the exact same thing and it did fantastic they didn't expect it to to do anything and it did fantastically because people don't want to see soul play that's play they want to see actual movies that show people of color doing things that people of color do did you see the big sick by any chance I haven't seen that one. Everybody tell me it's great. It's it's good. It is it's worth seeing. And uh, me and my wife went to see it. I think it was just it was during one of those down movie periods. And it was like, well, what the heck? Let's go see it. And we we're like, oh dang, this was not what we expected. And again, it was just it, it. But it's a good. It's more than anything else. It is someone else who isn't white telling American stories. There, that's so important for everyone to see not i mean of course black people should celebrate that black panther came out and and indian americans should celebrate that the big sick came out but like you should have white people celebrating that stuff too 
because I mean, it, it because you learn something. You're seeing people who just aren't you on the screen anymore. That should really mean something. I agree. You know, it's crazy to think about it, but people of color have been on a roll lately. If you if you even go back to like Moonlight, yeah, Moonlight was a big film. Is it right after that you had a what straight out of Compton? Yeah, came a smash hit. Then you had Get Out. Yes, yes. Then you had Creed. Creed was fantastic. These are all quality movies. You would hope it's is right there. You know all this talk that you hear about people talking about. You know, doing this for money, doing that for money. It's like, okay, there's your printing press right there. You have Black Americans who want to tell their stories. Guess what? You have Hispanic Americans who want to tell their stories. What was the cartoon? Um, Coco? Yeah, Coco. I didn't watch it, but I, I heard it was fantastic. And it told a very unique Hispanic American story, apparently. And... I mean, and that's awesome. We we need to see more of that stuff. It shouldn't just be a one-off and everyone's like, oh, isn't that great? Okay, let's go back and make 18 more Fast and the Furious. <sighs> okay, that's great. You know, that's going to make us money, but that's not really saying it. That's not anything of depth. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the movies of, of depth, it could be movies of or, or comedy. Or it could be movies, you know, that are, are action thrillers. But you have to keep telling these stories because otherwise, you're just going to get a large segment of the population that gets tuned out. And that segment of the population, by the way, is growing and growing. You better start including them, or you're gonna you're gonna have a whole bunch of people sitting at home, maybe watching Netflix or Hulu, but then they won't be going to the movies. You know, yeah, or they'll make their own entertainment. Yeah. Ooh. Which we're not too far from. You're getting a lot of powerful minorities in Hollywood. And that's a crazy thing to think about, you know? Yeah. You, the hope that I have is, you know, like an Oprah Winfrey. Good God, or Beyonce, or Jay Z. You think? I hope they just realize where they are and what they can do. And I think they do. I mean, who knows what they go through on a daily basis? I can't imagine that. <laughs> you know, the the house I live in compared to the house they live in. You know, the things that like, who knows? I'm on, I'm on a completely different strata than they are. But I hope that they're using this opportunity they have to make sure that other people are able to come behind them. I, I saw something um, recently and it was about maybe by 2050, like the median income for a black family. You, you, you know how much it was? How much was it? Zero. If things keep trending the way they are, the median like average money that a black family will have is zero. And I saw that and it just, it chilled me, it made me sad. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it's it's beyond crazy, man. 
And like, you know, what, are, so, you know, you and me, you know, we can do things about it. You know, we can, you know, help out, you know, raise our family, you know, be good upstanding citizens. But, you know, people like a Beyonce or Jay-Z, Oprah, all of those folks, I hope that they are sowing seeds. You know, I, I, I can't say that they're not, and I definitely wouldn't accuse them of that, but I hope that they are sowing seeds that you can have other people that come behind them that can take their place. And and I hope they're sowing and cultivating, you know? Man, you said that better than, I could have probably even thought about saying that. That's, you're right. We need <laughs> to prepare for our future because you never know what can happen. And it, it would be a shame that to see the rain that we have now just lead to nothing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it can. I, I think that I, I don't think it can lead to nothing. There, there's no way. We, there's just. I think we've come too far, you know, as as a people, and I think also that people are tired of. You just you see a bunch of old ideas and hatred and ugliness. And I think people are tired of it. And because you just like because most of it isn't even new. You you have like a people that's you know just they want to believe the worst out of anybody who isn't a white American. Okay, great. How far is that gonna get you? Like you know that you can you can still get away with saying stuff like that right now 20 30 years from now is is that going to is that's going to change and it has to because the dynamic of america is going to change and the only way that that's not only way it's going to not happen that this nation is not going to get more darker only way that's going to happen is a whole bunch of us leave or worse and i don't think that's going to happen so I think that things are going to get better. I, I, and I certainly hope that some of the times that we're going through now are some of the worst times that we have to go through in our lifetime. And maybe of, do you have kids, Delvin? Yes, I do. I don't. Um, maybe one day, but not now. Um, you know, that your kids and my godsons and my nieces and nephews, you know, that they don't have to know about any sort of level of struggle that we have. Cause I can't say that I struggle so mightily on a day-to-day basis, but I can say that there's definitely invisible hands that might be holding me back that I don't know about. And it would be great of one day that, you know, your son or daughter, I don't know if you have sons or daughters. I'm sorry. You hit it both right. So they have daughter. Oh, God bless you, man. Son, daughter, like that they don't have to worry about those same hands, that they can walk through a door and know there's not a glass ceiling already, perceived or otherwise. It'd be a great day, man. You know what? What's that? You can't stop perfection. We stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was awesome. I can't even top that. We're not going to top that. You definitely got to come back on the podcast again. Well, man, like this already has been awesome. It, it really has been. Like it, it trips me out that it tri- that is going from just you know tripping out on Twitter, and then we just actually have a um, 
a conversation. I did, I listened to your gun um your gun discussion as well. Oh, that, and that I, was good. Yeah, it it was it was relevant. And, and I give you a ton of credit for uh just having a conversation with people about issues like that because I what bugs me is that there's this narrative and it, and and I don't want to just say it's the right. So I'll just say it's certain people and they want they want everyone to believe that black Americans in particular just ignorant that we don't have thoughts and loves and fears and and prayers and and anything positive that we you know we're just going around pants sagging shooting guns at people all the time and crap like that and when i heard that you actually had people there with voices and fears and concerns and they were actually thinking about ways to make things better i think that's awesome and i think that that needs to be heard more um because eventually people are going to have to get tired of this and say you, you know what yeah guess what there are some black folks out there that ain't going to do right. There are some white folks out there that ain't going to do right either. And, and any other race too, because people are just people. One day we'll get there, you know, but I think that you talking about it and uh, you and the other three folks that are on the podcast, I thought that was a good start, man. Man, you fit right in with this podcast <laughs> completely. Just think, man, like I, um, I mean, if you even see anything I say on Twitter, a lot of times I just, like, and and I guess it ta- it's taken all this time for me to just get to a certain mind space or, or reality. And I just, and I, I've, I've learned a long time ago, I can't expect anyone to have like my mindset or my mentality. But what I hope that is that just people just let go of a lot of things that they're holding on to that they think are important and it seems like it's holding us back you know as a people i I just if you think if you think about like just certain things like if all of us were healthy and educated yeah just like this country alone 325 million people not hungry educated not sick what could we do accomplish a lot to say the least we could accomplish so much, and and I, and that and that's what kills me. Like, or if you went into work, and I mean, they, you know what, they most workplaces are usually as free as possible. The discrimination and stuff like that, but just if you could have people just collaborating and putting all the stuff aside, other than just what people are bringing to that table for that discussion, man, we can do a lot of things, and and that's what I hope we can get to one day. Definitely. I feel like, like I'm running for president or something. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You got to definitely come back on for one. And you definitely got to go on the Skyward cast. My other podcast, my boy, Joey Craig, man. What are y'all talking about? What we're talking about right now, among other things. Okay. Yeah, and I just yelled at him for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> were y'all friends at the end of it? Oh, of course, of course. That's my boy. Then that's cool. Um, that's another thing people have to do. Like, I was um I I left jujitsu, and one of the guys had a a Molin Labe T-shirt. You've heard those that that phrase, right? Molin Labe. 
I've never heard of that phrase. M O L O N L A B E is like what they put it, but like I think it's Greek. Could be screwing it up for come and take it. That's what it means. And it is the motto that a lot that a lot of gun owners use because you know, and they it, it came, became popular during Obama's administration because a whole bunch of people got themselves you know scared that Obama was going to come take their guns, even though he literally said, I will never come and do that. <laughs> but they got themselves scared. And this guy had on a you know shirt, hat on, and then on the back of it, it had list of leaders who wanted to come take away your guns. And on the top of it was Hitler, and on the bottom of it was Obama. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and I just, I saw it, and I just smiled. Because it's like, I'm not going to get to that person on that subject. I'm just not. But that doesn't stop me from still trying to find a common ground with that person. Otherwise, who had I not seen him in that shirt, I never would have known anything about him. And this guy is also a purple belt in jujitsu and has helped me tons when it comes to learning that martial art. It's it. I saw, um, I saw the Chappelle, um, the Chappelle Netflix. The last two recently. Um, what was it? Equanimity and the bird something. The bird complex, something like that, and equanimity of something. Yeah, something like that. And he made. I mean, because I, I one of the reasons I'll continue to to f with Chappelle all the time is because I mean he's funny and his timing is beautiful, but he thinks. And you can tell he thinks. And he was meant he was he was he was talking about Hollywood and how and he specifically mentioned Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck was like, Well, I want to speak about this. And someone's like, You grab the titty in 95. And he's like, Oh, screw <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm out. And and his whole point was like, we're not gonna like you're gonna have allies and they're not all gonna be perfect. Yeah. I so all the time. Yeah. And, and I and he said that I'm like, dang, that is that is profound. And if and I have to remember that, like, I can't be that person that like that dude had on a Mullen Lave shirt, you know, come and take it, whatever. And I can sit there like, well, you're an idiot. And blah, blah. What I do, I just I made an enemy, and I didn't have to. Yeah. Now you never know who will support you until you let them support you. Right. Right. And like, I think. We as black people kind of make that mistake all the time where we'll sit there, somebody has thought caping for us, like, no, we don't want you to support us. Yeah. I I agree with that. Um I think it's partly self de- a self-defense mechanism. Like genetically, you like I, I and I have to remember this. Like, my mom is 62, my dad is 64. They grew up under Jim Crow laws. And you even even saying that sin is like, damn, wow. And it's and it's very much true. Like this isn't we're not like that far removed from this stuff to where, you know. And who knows what their parents taught them about just say how to deal with a white person. 
probably the response was don't deal with white people at all. It's not worth the trouble. Like, because we grew up around white people and they weren't positive experiences. And so that passed to my parents, you know, and it passes along to me. And, you know, I think that black people can definitely have a defense mechanism combined with black people having to be the coolest people in the room because <laughs> so <laughs> you know our people man and there and so you you combine those two and a lot of times and especially now now more than ever it, it's it's a pet peeve of mine not only in the geek world but just in general it's cool to hate yeah so if somebody even comes in like if you have like a, a maybe it could be Joe white person that legitimately doesn't have any problem with anybody and just says something like, you know, something have black. And then like, oh, oh no, you can't say that, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and you just turn the person off. Yeah. Could have been could have been an ally. But but you turn them off. It, it, it's it's a line. I mean, and and Lord knows, I I wish I had some. You know, could I, I'd be a millionaire if I could drop some manual <laughs> of of how to help black people talk to white people better and how white people can relate to black people better. But a lot of it is just is, there's there's no manual. You just you just have to go out there and and see people who don't look like you and and figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Where, Where can they find your podcast at, man? Where can they find your stuff at? Um, you can find, uh, me chatting, uh, with my buddies, uh, Jared, Pat and Jason on the long box crusade. Um, and there's an offshoot of the long box crusade called the crusader chronicles. Uh, the long box crusade where we take a, a month and a year and we talk about anything that happened in that month and that year. Uh, we'll bring out like we'll talk about maybe two or three comic books and we'll talk about music and stuff. We always seem to break into song for some reason or the other. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just it's it's long, it's sprawling, it's goofy, uh, but it, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's like four guys who just seem to enjoy each other's company. Um, the Crusader Chronicles is a shorter version where we're talking specifically about um, one like no more than two issues. It's uh, the latest one is talking about Amazing Spider-Man. And sometimes we're talking about um, and it, we're talking early Amazing Spider-Man, like 1975. And Ooh. same thing about uh, the Uncanny X-Men, uh, like right when Chris Claremont start writing the all new, all different X-Men. Uh, and we also do one other one, uh, which is. Um, wow. Of course, I'm going to blank on it. Um MI6 rookie agents. We are uh, Jason and Jared are big time um, Bond, James Bond files. And me and Pat uh, are, are basically brand new to the franchise. And so we started from the very first uh, movie and which was Dr. No. And we've gotten up through Thunderball, which is the fourth movie. And so we're talking about those movies. So those are three different podcasts that I'm on with the uh, same crew. That sounds awesome, man. It 
it's turned out to be a bunch of fun because you you know how it is. Like when you grow older and the people, well, you knew in high school, you barely remember. And then if you went to college or whatever, like you just start losing contact with people. Well, this has been a really cool opportunity for me to get back uh, one of my best friends again um, and his brother and then meet a new friend at that and is talking about stuff that uh, we like. And what I've learned is Sometimes it just takes, you know, somebody's passion to kind of give you a spark because like I like I, I've known my buddy Jared is a James Bond fan since I met him in college. Literally has a 007 tattoo on his shoulder. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and oh, yeah, it, it is a cool tattoo. And he's had it ever since I've known him. And but I've never sat there and watched the bomb movies with them. So if you think about it, it's kind of like somebody sharing a song with you. Like you're kind of sharing a part of yourself because you know, you know, there's something about that song that spoke to you and you thought of, of a different person and you wanted to share that with them. And it's kind of the same thing with the bomb movies. So it's kind of cool having them share their thoughts and their experiences about the movie and me as a new person coming on and talking about it too. Definitely, man. Where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. And I'm up for chatting about anything. Like the, the less I talk about politics, the better. Um, <laughs> the more I talk about comic books and, and fun stuff. Uh, that's that's the awesome thing because I got to meet you because of just talking about comic books and stuff. And and I've enjoyed the hell out of the conversation, man. I really have. Definitely. You're going to definitely be back on, man. So appreciate Hello. you coming on. What's that? Yeah, appreciate you coming on, man. You definitely going to be back on. Dude, man, I, I, anytime. You you let me know. I'll be there, man. I, I've enjoyed the hell out of this. Awesome, man. And as always, everybody, Devil Cock Experience, we are out. Peace. Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense.